0: I'm not supposed to be here. I was told I would die before my 28th birthday, yet I am 50 years old. I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and I have an amazing life despite living with two terminal illnesses. It's time for me to share my story before I can't. So here it goes. I'm Kelly Wilson, and this is my life in pieces. Hi, everyone. Before we begin, I want to be very clear. The content within this episode contains information discussing sexual abuse of a child, domestic violence, and incarceration, which some listeners may find triggering. I also want to state that this is my experience. I don't pretend to know what anyone has or is going through. I'm aware that the events I'm about to discuss can happen to anyone, and I'm aware that every situation is different. But today, I will be sharing my personal experience and my journey. So in my last episode, I talked a bit about Stockholm Syndrome and how the man that abused me, how I felt that I was in a relationship with him. And as the years went on, I really tried to get away from him. I tried to break free. I was, you know, 15 and I just wanted out of this situation. So during all of this time, I got a subpoena to go to court on behalf of someone else that was charging him for sexual abuse. Another young girl who I knew, and I had to be a witness in her trial. I knew nothing about court proceedings. Uh, nothing about any of this. So I had to go to the police station and give a statement regarding the information I was privy to about her and during that time gave a videotape statement and was asked questions by the police who were very nice to me and just trying to compile the information. I also gave a written statement and it was so uncomfortable. And through some of this conversation, a few things had come up regarding me, but that's not why I was there. So he wasn't going to be charged with what happened to me because. I had not come forth and wanted that to happen at that time. So the process was, there was something called victim witness and family crisis unit. And I dealt with them a lot and they went over what was going to happen in court, how, You know, I wasn't allowed to talk about anything that happened with me, uh, walked me through everything, took me over to the courthouse so I could see, you know, the courtroom. And I was a child. So, you know, it was a very good thing. I don't think I could have got through it without them because I just had no idea what was coming. So, during this time that we were preparing to go to court, he was sent to prison for a different charge. So, the day of the trial... They were bringing him from prison and I believe it was supposed to start at 9 o'clock in the morning and I remember being at the courthouse and running into the washroom and throwing up and the Crown Prosecutor came in after me and he was rubbing my back and saying it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay and my nerves were just shot. Like I wanted to be anywhere else but there. So... I was sitting waiting and the Crown Prosecutor came over to me again and he just said uh, there was a mix up and they forgot to get him at the prison. So things were going to be delayed and I was thinking, yes, I have another day without having to do this. And he said, no, he would be there at one o'clock. So I just remember literally sitting almost paralyzed on this bench outside the courtroom and the fear of having to come face to face with him and having to testify. It was just, uh, I can't even explain how that felt. Just awful. And so I heard him coming before I saw him and up the stairs, and he had shackles on his feet and handcuffs on, and he looked at me with this look that was just awful. He was so angry. So he was escorted into the courtroom to sit in there and in the prisoner box and this courtroom just looked like it did on the tv it was like you know the prisoner box was on the left hand side and the judge sat up very high and there was a bunch of pews and and there was a bailiff I think and he was he even went hear ye hear ye and (laughs) it was it was like in the movies to me And I'd never been in a courtroom other than to go over with the people that took me there ahead of time. So it was so intimidating. Anyway, the the girl that had charged him, she was to testify first. And I was to not be in the courtroom during that. So I sat outside the courtroom and the doors they left open and I could basically hear her testimony. And then it was time for me. And when they called me up there, I don't know. I must have looked like I just wanted to run or like I was going to cry. And the judge said, are you okay, dear? And, you know, can I get you a glass of water? And, you know, and I was like, no, I just want to get this over with. And so I remember his lawyer saying, do you know the defendant? And I said, yes. And he said, well, how can you even tell when you don't look at him? And I remember turning my head to look at him and turning it back. And his lawyer kept saying, what's he wearing? What color is his shirt? What color is his hair? Like wanting me to look at him to be intimidated more by him like I wasn't already. So I gave my testimony, which was very short. And it was you know, the little piece that I was supposed to say regarding her. And then I got down. So after that, he decided to take the stand on his own behalf, which was not a great idea <laughs> after all was said and done. So when he got up there, he was asked why I left his house on January 1st and he said oh we were having an affair and my wife found out about it and the crown said you were having an affair with her so how old was she sir let's say when you were having this affair and he said oh 12 13 14 15 and they said well don't you understand that anyone under the age of 14 is statutory rape and he said yes but love does mysterious things And I will never forget those words. And I, I just couldn't believe it. And so after that, because he had already then kind of given up what he had done to me, then they could bring me back up on the stand and ask me questions. And that's when intimate details came out regarding me. And It was the most horrific experience to have to uh, get up in front of a bunch of adults and talk about things like that. So difficult. Such... A trying time in my life. But anyway. When the trial was over, he was sentenced to five years. And he appealed that sentence and received two more on top of that for losing the appeal. I don't know anything about what happens today. I didn't understand it back then. But I knew that he ultimately was sentenced to seven years for the sexual abuse on this other girl. And I remember, you know, leaving the courthouse and the crown talking to me and him just saying, without your testimony, he wouldn't have been punished. And I don't know. I feel really strange about that because with her testimony and what he did to her, It was the same thing. He should have been punished. He has never today been charged for anything that he did for me. But I guess I felt in some way that he went to prison for sexually abusing a young girl. And I took that as if it was punishment for me as well. I don't feel that I needed to take him back to court for me or anything like that and that he was, he was being, you know, being made accountable for what he did. I can understand why some people, some girls, some boys don't want to come forward. The process is draining. And I feel that sometimes the victim, and I don't consider myself a victim, and I'll talk about that down the road, but... I feel that the person that it happens to that has to come forward has to endure so much and we protect the accused because that is our legal system. That is how it works and I understand it, but I, going through what I did as a young child, I can see why some people don't want to endure that it's excruciating i feel sad for abuse victims that f- that have to you know go through every single detail and relive it over and over again give your testimony, you you write a statement, you talk to this person, you talk to that person, and, and it is really hard. But ultimately, people that violate someone else in a way like, in a way, like that, you know, or any type of abuse, need to be made accountable. And looking back now, I feel that I did do the right thing. And I wouldn't change that. But, I feel so much empathy for those who have to go through this, and I don't wish it on anyone. Well, things did not end there. He did go to prison, and you would think, now that I felt safe, And he was there and I was out living my life that that was the end. It was far from the end. And I will talk about that in my final episode of my experience before I have my two guest speakers. Thank you again so much for your time.